0: Hey everybody, Paul here. Episode 100 of the Yesterday and Today podcast is coming up soon, so we are putting out the call to all of our listeners to submit your favorite Beatle memories, be they concerts, records, memories of you and your family enjoying Beatle music, whatever it might be. All you have to do is record yourself telling us a short message about your favorite Beatle memory and send it to yesterday and at gmail.com and we'll run it on the show in our special episode 100 coming up that's all you have to do again record yourself saying your favorite Beatle memory and send it to yesterday and today at gmail.com and we'll run it in our special episode 100 coming up soon on the yesterday and today podcast thanks everybody talk to you soon back to the show
2: yesterday and today 1975 part six give a helping hand in this episode we will cover april 19th through may 18th on the farm just lazing about raving
3: down
4: to the stream and catch a few trout up to the top of the hill for a little spin in the fresh air mmm delicious Mm in the garden
3: all the butterflies and bunnies are doing it at each other. (laughs) Spring is everywhere and birdies are singing out a tune to
4: tell everyone it's here. Flowers all are blooming, Mother Nature's grooming, don't you know it's a special time of year. Oh yes it is, you can feel it in your blood as spring calls, I'm here. (laughs) Do you know that Mendelssohn wrote a delicious song about spring that you already know? Oh yes you've heard it millions of times before but I don't know whether you knew it. it was called Spring Song.
2: On Saturday, April 19th, from his Los Angeles, California home, George Harrison records a two-hour radio interview with Dave Herman of the New York radio station WNEW-FM. The interview is taped for a future syndicated broadcast.
5: Hello, I'm Dave Herman, and this is a conversation with George Harrison. We met with George at his Los Angeles home on a sunny California weekend. We found him cheerful, pleasant, warm and friendly, and in a sense eager to talk. We began our conversation by asking him about his early years as a child in Liverpool and about the people who influenced him personally and musically. It's
4: pretty vague um, thinking of musical things. I mean, I can remember names like Bonacolino and things like that. Bonacalina. I don't know. I mean, just remember hearing things. I remember being young and i uh, sing at parties. You know, if my mother took me to a party, I'd end up singing. I don't know if that was, you know, even then I was full of ego or if I just liked being the laughing stock of the party. But whatever it was, there was always something going on there. But, you know, it was... Liverpool was... Uh, you know i was born just at the end of the war and it's hard for americans to imagine but anybody say in england or europe can know it easily it's like you can still go in liverpool today and you'll find like a row of houses and then just one earlier that's just leveled you know where they had a direct hit from a bomb so i grew up in that atmosphere of um you know just broken down houses and you know it was a lot of uh just feeling left over from the war it was pretty stark the north of england was you know it was uh nothing much going on there until um for me until say around the time i was 13 which was the first thing i got into was um there was this guy i keep talking about this guy called Slim Whitman who was an American and Didn't he do a record whispering or he did play those slide guitar things well, he, he was like a country singer but nobody seems to have heard of him or very few people in big. the States but he was big in England he used to top the bill on the big theatre circuits and he, he did do
5: like, like Rose whispering
3: Maria. Oh
4: Rosemary I love you Oh
6: Rosemary I love
7: you. I'm always dreaming of you. No matter what I do, I can't forget you. Sometimes I wish that I never
4: met you. Annie did an uh, Indian love call. Ooh.
8: When I'm calling you
9: Will you answer too?
4: Anyway, so he was just a guy playing the guitar I remember that was the first time I felt like playing the guitar
5: Your idea of what it would be to be successful when the Beatles were first getting started what were you what were you hoping for yourself
4: uh, I don't know I mean that I remember before we um, before the Beatles got going this is when we were just still at school I used to have flashes like you know going to sleep at night I just have flashes of speed boats and motor cars and all things which you get when you're famous and rich and when we formed the band and we started just being semi-professional there was something about us which you know could be ego cockiness or whatever but i think we were too naive to even realize anything like that at that time it was there was something in us and i don't know what it is karma I call it calm, it's something again
5: to do with what you were before. But was there ever a point where you felt that the success was just, uh, seemed to almost be getting out of control, where it was difficult to deal with? Yeah, that was
4: that period, I mean, it was then when it got out of control that was, I suppose, contributed to us going into sort of semi-retirement because it just became too difficult.
5: Now that it's um seven or eight years later i guess you've had time to reflect on all of that and do you have any uh, explanation of uh, what that phenomenon really was i mean people call it i mean people have called the beetle phenomenon uh, the biggest cultural change of the uh, century and that it had an influence on the world that goes far beyond music and uh, entertainment I mean, now you've had so long to reflect on that. Uh, what do you think it actually was that caused all of that? I mean, it was just music. I have no idea. I have no idea.
4: I, you know, the only thing I can think of is, um, and even then I, uh, you know, really would prefer these days to avoid the, this type of dialogue, but it's uh, the whole idea of, say, how come... Tchaikovsky, when he's three, can play the piano better than Liberace can when he's fifty. You know how come one kid at eight can do mathematics better than uh, IBM computer? You know, there's people like that. We're all um, the what we are now is really the um, it, the effect of whatever we've been in the in the past and you know I do through this Hinduism believe in reincarnation and all that so what I believe basically simply is we all live from birth to death we all create a lot of action which is action-reaction they call karma and it's like that it's like um credit and debit you know it's just like an account that at death you Death is actually, your physical body packs in. That we keep going and at some period later, we take another body and we try again. But at that point of birth, even if somebody born today, is not just something totally new. You know, because all those scriptures tell us anyway that there's never a time when we weren't and there won't ever be a time when we're not. You know it does get heavy philosophical but that's what the lord teaches in all every scripture you know that we it's only the physical body is the thing which um goes through the changes and which is impermanent
5: anyway it would be safe to assume from what you're saying that you feel good about yourself and i what... know it's the art of dying okay from all things must pass mm-hmm. the art of dying. A time
4: when all of us must leave here And, uh, you know, there'll come a time when most of us return (laughs) here.
5: told us how Dark Horse Records evolved for him from his association with Apple Records. We just wanted out of that group therapy
4: that was called Apple. I mean, we just wanted to be free as individuals. But at that time, I was still involved making records for Apple. Jackie Lomax. Well, I did that a long time before, but I was involved. I just started making this um, uh, album of Ravi's, Shankar Family and Friends, the ballet and that was i was just really into that and enjoying that it was so nice that i was thinking an apple is sort of nobody wants to do anything you know i mean i don't blame john and paul really didn't want to know about that they just wanted you know let's just chop it up into four pieces and let's get out of here but at the same time i was involved i was committed to certain things and a little bit later that band splinter so i found that i was still going along the same lines as I had been with Apple that is doing my own records and then doing a few other people so I had the decision to make because Apple didn't have much future left based upon the way John and Paul you know what they would indicated and there was some talk with Ringo and I you know what we were planning to do at that time as if as John and Paul didn't really want to know about Apple we were just going to try and get the rights to take over Apple Records. And then we just put a new logo under new management, bring in a couple of new people and keep going. And so that sort of thing couldn't happen because of the settlement of you know, it was all business legality is that It was just like a hold on it. It was just sort of stuck in a limbo. So So you couldn't put Robbie's album and Splinter's album on Apple? No, because they, in fact, if you go back down to, um, there hasn't been one other artist other than the individual Beatles put out on Apple since that split with Klein. In fact, Apple folded up, actually. Apple as a record label, other than the Beatles individually appearing on the Apple logo and also that we'd establish Apple label much quicker if we put the Beatles on Apple too so we did the deal with um, EMI for that so we went on Apple and Apple went on EMI in actual fact so um, since then we're still on Apple EMI up until um, I I think it's next January January of 76. And then you will perhaps record for your own label. Yeah. There's a good chance that I would do that because it's only like, um, you know, even with Apple, there's no point in us forming a label called Apple and then we all go on uh, RCA. You know, it's (laughs) like, it seems logical. It seems a logical thing, but although at this point in time, you know, I'm still... Um, in fact this new album I'm making now is still will still be on Apple label distributed by
5: capital and ringo now has a label ringo records but ringo will have to also record for Apple at least until next January if I understand you right yeah although there's
4: another a point is that the contract that we had with EMI originally that Brian Epstein made before he died was it it had um, I think they call it uh, a Product requirement clause that's that says that you have to give them certain amount of product But we actually fulfilled that clause uh, After the Beatle white album, which was like 67 You remember the double white oh, album? who could forget it well that album from then on we didn't really owe them anything But obviously we're not going to stay out of the record what we found out we thought it was like we had to give them so many tunes or it was uh, a seven-year contract, I think. Uh, so we thought once we'd given them the tunes, we were out. And what happened was that we found out we gave them the tunes by '67, but it just meant we didn't have to give them anything else. But if we did anything else, then uh, you know, it was automatically with EMI. So, therefore, it means that for the last three. For the last five years none of us had to ever make a record ever again we didn't owe to our contract you know to do any more records but if we do anything else it still goes on that label until um, 76 january so ringo wouldn't have to do another record i don't have to do you know nobody has to but it's
5: just that that's what we do you make records talk about what your plans are for uh, Dark Horse Records. So far, two albums have been released, the beautiful Shankar Family and Friends album, and uh, Splinter, which is another very beautiful album. I think so far you're two for two, at least in the quality of very fine records, in my opinion. Splinter is just about to make uh, the second album.
4: In fact, uh, they should have been here in the States to do that last week but they couldn't get here with work visas. That's why I'm using the studio time to make a new album my own. We've just signed a new band called Jiva, who are from San Bernardino. And... uh, What what kind
5: of a band is Jiva? What kind of a sound?
4: They're just two guitars, bass and drums. Three of them, the two guitar players and the bass player, all write their own tunes. They sing separately and together, but they're very up. They're like a little R&B rock band. Very nice, very positive. That's the great thing about them is they're positive. album they're making with a guy a producer called stuart levine who has just done the uh minnie ripperton second album and he's the producer of the crusaders that's quite interesting
5: in fact they just start tonight to record so mr Bo, how do you feel about the way things are going in the world and all of the chaos and what is happening do you think much about uh... I know it is all maya, all illusion, but it's still very real to all of us. And very real, very real. I um,
4: feel—I don't know. I think, in some ways, I have to split it into positive and negative. If you um, get negative about it, it's in a hell of a state. The world is in a mess, really, and it seems to have gotten more of a mess the last four or five years, you know, with all this, um, I mean, the wars are going on just as usual, there's still as many wars as usual There's the whole thing that happened with the uh, fuel crisis, you know, the energy crisis. And then also we passed out of that sixties period where there was something happened in the sixties, which, you know, which brought the flower power and the hippies and the whole love generation this is what kills me now is when I see these people who were supposedly a few years ago who supposedly loved me and if I'm supposed to love them and I see them they're just dropping apart at the seams with hate you know this is I'm talking about Rolling Stone actually I'm talking about Jan Werner, but uh, you know this is the thing that we you know, God, we all came through so much in the 60s and we all wanted so much to create something positive, something good. And it's hard to, um, you know, when we come out into the 70s, we find it hard to go. on.
6: get up when I fall And even climb from stone wall
4: I mean, one situation with the rock press for example, was the one guy who came to write an article because he disagreed with a, another article that had been written in his paper. And uh, so he said, "I've seen you know, seven of these concerts, and I disagree, and I want to write it from my point of view." Then his article came out. And it was not really good at all. And I thought, "Well, you know, he was just cheating me, you know, just to get in to talk to me. But then he just wrote a letter to me and sent what he wrote and to compare that to what they printed he just said you know they just cut it out they just uh, cut out any favorable references to the music or to the response from the audience you know it just made me feel oh, forget it you know it's just they're just trying to nail me now and that's it that's all it is if it comes from different directions you know it's okay but when it seems to come from one basic source then it bothers me because it, it seems to be get more of a personal thing than just a, an actual
5: point of view you know by one source do you mean kind of the rock press well yeah <laughs> okay. yeah
4: because i mean i've seen them do things to people like for an example um boxing. yeah they tried to you know kill bob a few times also the thing the whole thing that split the cream actually you know the band the cream was you know something that they said in rolling stone just you know sort of uh depressed eric i know to such a point where he just thought you know
5: just get out of this you're listening to A Conversation with George Harrison. Well, in closing, there will be not ten people and not a hundred people who will hear this, but many thousands of people who have a, a genuine and a real affection for you listening. And maybe there's something you would like to say to them. Yeah, good. Thank you. God bless anybody who's, you know, give us a smile and any time I'll have a smile than a fight in the back. You're listening to WNEW-FM Metro Media Stereo in New York. A Conversation with George Harrison was recorded at his home in Los Angeles and edited and mixed at ZBS Media in Fort Edward, New York. With special thanks to Rich DeToyan and Terry Dorn, without whose help this program could never have come to be, I'm Dave Herman. (laughs)
2: Back in England on Thursday, April twenty fourth, Peter Hamm, lead singer and founding member of the group Badfinger, was found dead at his home in Walking Surrey. Not financially recovering from misleading business dealings and contracts that stemmed from manager Stan Pauley, whom allegedly stole monies from group security accounts, the 27-year-old writer of the hit song, Without You, hung himself in his garage studio.
8: On the night of April 23, 1975, Pete and Ann were thinking up names for their baby, due in less than a month.
2: Ann Ferguson was Pete's girlfriend. They shared a house along with Ann's son, Blair. Ann was expecting a baby with Pete.
6: Well, I can't forget tomorrow When I think of all my sorrow I had you there, then I let you go And now it's only fair that I should
3: this phone call from America basically saying that his money everything had gone, everything and he came off the phone that night I tried to speak to him and he said no I'm I'm going to see
2: Tommy It's like 10 o'clock he said let's go out for a drink I've decided fellow bandmate Tom Evans
3: They'd had a few drinks at the pub and the conversation had turned to what to do about going forward and Pete had said don't worry you know I know a way out I don't know why.
10: I dropped him off about three in the morning. And the last thing I see, he said to me is, I'll see you again. That morning, April
8: 24th, Anne woke up alone. She went down to the garage to see if Pete had worked late in his studio.
3: And I knocked and, and I, I pulled the door, and then. So then he was there.
8: Hanging from a beam in the garage was the body of Pete Ham. Next to Pete was a half-empty bottle of wine and a songbook.
3: I picked it up and I opened and then there was a note to me saying, Anne, I love you. Blair, I love you.
0: I will not be allowed to love and trust everybody. This is better. Stan Polly is a soulless bastard. I will take him with me. I remember the phone went at six in the morning, and it was Ann.
10: His wife gets on the phone to me, screaming, and Peter's dead.
3: It was... it was unbelievable.
2: George Harrison learns about the death of Peter Hamm and comments on his suicide. I heard that
4: the guy from Badfinger, you know Badfinger, who was on Apple Records, day after day, the guy who wrote the big Harry Nielsen tune, um, Without You, he hanged himself. Okay, so he's hanged himself because he can't go on, you know, can't go on. So. That's not made easier by people who were supposedly your brothers. The badness of the world or in them caught upon them too soon, and you find that they just turn around and all start stabbing each other in the back. We all need to support each other in many ways in order to exist.
2: On April
8: 28th in America... The Smothers Brothers welcome special guests in a premiere of a new weekly hour of music
2: and comedy, Monday night. NBC TV Channel 4 features this evening two separate Beatle appearances.
8: The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC.
2: The first is on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. Airing at 8 p.m.
8: Absolutely free, right in your living room. Tom Smothers, Dick Smothers, John Hartford, Lee French, Jennifer Warren's, Bob Einstein as Officer Judy, Mason Williams, and yours truly, Pat Paulson. Because tonight we bring you the Smothers Brothers show starring the Smothers Brothers comedy opera. Stick around.
2: Ringo Star is the special guest who is involved in sketches and song.
11: Brother Brothers show.
7: On the floor.
6: <laughs>
7: no thank you please it only makes me sneeze then it makes it hard to find the door <laughs> a lady that i know just came from my york spain she smiled because i did not understand then she held out a 10 pound bag of cocaine she says it was the finest in the land Up on the floor. sneeze, then it makes it hard to find the door. No, 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 no.
9: Which one of you freaks sang the dope song?
7: He was, he was, oh, no, he was singing, no. singing the lead. We yeah, were all singing the song. Hey, he was saying, he was much louder.
9: Keep your mouth shut. What's your name?
7: Don't you recognize me? I'm a famous pop star from the 60s. <laughs> Ringo.
4: I gotta take you in. Well,
7: that's not fair. We were Let's all go, doing pal. it. Let's go, pal. Hey, hey, hey.
4: He had the hit. Yeah, he
7: had the hit. He had the hit. I did. I'm <laughs> You had the hit? I had the hit. <laughs> Did they know that he had the hit? Sharon! <laughs> <Jared! laughs> <You don't... laughs> no, 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 we don't do that no more.
2: Later that evening, between the hours of 1 a.m. and 2 a.m., NBC-TV airs The Tomorrow Show with host Tom Snyder. Tonight's guest is John Lennon.
12: is John Lennon, and a little bit later on in the program, we'll talk about the possibility of his having to leave the United States, and at that time, his attorney, Mr. Leon Wilds, will join us to make certain that John, or I, make no mistakes in the legalities. But I welcome you here, and I'm glad that you're here. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. Nice to be with you. Yeah, I like the set now. It's got better, you know. I mm-hmm. watch the show all the time. Thank you. As Thank I you. said at the outset, uh, back in 1964, uh, after the... the Cataclysmic arrival of the Beatles here in the United States and the great popularity you had on the Ed Sullivan program and others There were many people who did not really understand what you were doing and and they thought then that your hair was long And that you looked modish, you know, Mm -hmm. and you were were revolutionary Uh, Does it surprise you at all that it took so many of us such a long time to get into your act and to realize what you were doing?
10: Uh, No, it was mainly parents and they were against rock and roll, you know anyway before the beatles came along i mean people have been trying to stamp out rock and roll since it started why do you think that is what is that
12: what are they afraid
10: of i always thought it was because it came from black music and the words had a lot of double entendre in the early days and it was sort of you know the white kids our white nice wasps are gonna go crazy with all this moving their bodies you know the music got to your body and the beatles just carried it a bit further, made it a little more white even than Elvis did, mm-hmm. because we were English, you know?
7: Well, what did it, uh, what did it do to you? You seem to be in a... They were just like four boys.
13: And I really liked them. They were good. Beyond they're real great guys. It didn't really place, hit me. And then you see them standing there singing. Problem. And I don't know what they do. They just <laughs> change well, they you. They're not what they used to, to be. They're
6: just like, so much like, better. <laughs> like, like it's, it's just like a myth for you it's what
13: they seem like every little movement for you and no one else it seems so personal but yeah it's just for everybody I did you ever did you ever expect
7: the concert to do this to you oh, no
13: I came here to say I'm not gonna scream I'm not gonna cry I'm not gonna do anything so here I am crying and the thing is I touched Paul the other day I thought well that's not gonna be nothing I touched Bob McCartney and now like, I can't touch him again ever again never I got this do
7: you have anything else you wanna add
13: I, I just think like, that
6: Oh, the most wonderful person I've ever met in my whole life. I just love him.
12: As I recall, there were fan clubs or or, or clubs of followers formed for each of the individuals in the organization.
10: Well, it was mainly a Beatles club, but, you know,
12: they sort of fanned it out a little just to keep the... And I'm just wondering how unified any group can be, and I'm not singling out the group that you belong to, the Beatles, but how unified can any group be? When the audience has certain favorites, maybe they like Paul more than they like John or, or something like that. And I wonder... <laughs> I got right to it, didn't I? Yeah. I, I, I just wondered if, if, if it's awfully difficult to be friends, and do you really care about whether or not you're friends um, when you are a group such as the Beatles oh or yeah. whether you're the Rolling Stones or, or whoever? Uh, we didn't break up
10: because we weren't friends. We just broke up out of sheer boredom, you know, and boredom creates tension. How can you get bored doing what you did? Because it was, going on, it was not going anywhere, you know? We'd stop touring, and it, we, we'd just sort of say, time to make an album, you know, go in the studio, and we, the same four of us would be looking at each other and playing the same
12: licks. And those silly haircuts,
10: yeah. Those silly haircuts <laughs> that you have now. You yeah. notices he's got his now. <laughs> and uh, we, we were very good friends, and we'd known each other since we were 15, you know? And we got over all the actual fighting, the real nitty-gritty, dirty, you know, stuff which had nothing to do with how popular we were the same popularity meaning Paul was always more popular than the rest of us was going down in the dance halls in Liverpool so it didn't come as any big surprise you know I mean the kids saw him the girls would go ooh, ooh, you know right away so we knew what the score was there
6: A taste of honey A
3: taste of honey Tasting much sweeter than wine
10: But it was a, a group, it was the music that was interesting, that was important, not who was... You know, as long as we were, you know,
12: going forward and going somewhere, it didn't matter. But all of a sudden there just not wasn't yet. any further progress. It was the same-o-same-o old, old, over and over again. So yeah, the same? yeah, it just got like... um
10: a marriage that doesn't work.
12: that I once took an audition at a station in the southern part of the United States with a young woman who wanted to do the weather forecast on the on the television station and for some curious reason a southern accent at that time was not acceptable even in the southern United States and so she asked the engineers if they could put the filter on the microphone that took the southern accent out of all of our voices <laughs> And of course, there is no such filter. No. And you had to be there, and then you would have realized how humorous that was at the well, time. I, I laughed, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah,
10: but you laughed because you're a good guy. No, filter, I understand the business, you know. Recording, filters. Look funny from the side. Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I don't think you look so. No, look it's to the not side bad, again. No, it's not, no, bad. It's not um, you're just not used to seeing
12: yourself sideways, that's what it is. Uh huh were the Beatles before the groupies or did you have those? Oh, we had them. Yes <laughs> I mean not did you have them, but were they, they didn't oh, call wow. them? Well, did you have them? I guess <laughs> they that's were
10: great very... Tom. They were huh? great. Uh, they didn't call them groupies then I forgot what we used to call them Something like <laughs> slags, you know <laughs> slags. there's some word they had in England for it And uh, yeah, I mean one of the main reasons to get on stage is it, uh, It's the quickest way of making contact, you know, and You know, you went to see those movies with Elvis or somebody in it when when we were still in Liverpool, and you'd see everybody waiting to see him, right? And I'd be waiting there too. And they'd all scream when he came on the screen, right? So we thought, that's a good job. That's why most uh, musicians are on stage, actually. Why is that? (laughs) To get a little Tom, to get a little extra. (laughs) What, a little extra money? Yeah, little... <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. It is two o'clock, right? We're all right.
12: No, you've got to be kidding me. Is that the, one of the big reasons, the sexual aspects of singing? That's the reason most of these great I would say that any are any stage, that they don't care about their music, that they're just up there for a little extra? No, no, but that is a good incentive
10: for all performers. Let's not just pin down the poor musician. And it wasn't, in, well, speak for yourself, John. Well, I, all right. I can't speak for musicians, then.
12: No, and please don't speak for those of us who toil in the television vineyard, because oh, yes, that is yes. the farthest thing from our minds. Of course. Yes. yes I understand that. <laughs> now, and Got you say... news as well. And huh? then I could assume that when you say that going on the stage to perform music is one of the best ways of making contact, yeah. that what you're saying is it's one of the best ways of making sexual contact, hmm? Well, yes. We're not
10: looking to have a card game. That's what it is, you know. <laughs>
12: Maybe <laughs> you they know, don't go on stage and think, that would make a nice card game. Most of the young women who uh, who followed the rock groups then were very, very young. They were in their teens. And I just wonder if ever there was a problem where an irate father or mother might have called the dressing room on occasion and said, hey, what's going on down there? And, and you probably said, quiet, there's a card game going on.
10: Yes, yeah, sure. Now, I mean, in the very early days when we were playing dance halls, there were just a certain... Type, which you call groupies now, which would be available for functions at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. And in general, most kids would just go home with their boyfriend or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And there was always a small group that just went for any performer. They didn't care whether it was a comedian or a manuette glass, you know, as if it was on stage. Right, the guy who swept up after the elephants. Hey, what are you doing? Right,
12: right. And actually, uh,
10: the people that work for rock groups usually get more action than the actual rock group, right? I don't don't say right to me because I Well don't know. you can imagine it, Tom. They they audition <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> they get the cream of the crop, you know. If you want to see Elvis, you gotta see me first.
12: Gotcha. Mm. As you said, mm. right. Let me pause here for these announcements from our affiliated stations. We'll continue with John Lennon in two minutes and five seconds.
6: Well it's Saturday night and I just got paid!
12: As you listen to music today, I don't know if you listen to the yeah. radio a lot or if you listen mostly to records, but what are things that you see that you think are good or bad? Well, that's
10: pretty general. I like the disco music that's out now, which is great, great music. I like the thing that happened in Jamaica called reggae. Excuse me? A few. There's a music in Jamaica called reggae, which has been around for years under the disguise of ska, blue beats, etc., etc., but finally formed itself into reggae and that's about the really newest thing that's happened in music in the last five years or six years do you years. think anything
12: new happens to music or is it a, a continual series of cycles and that maybe a hundred thousand years ago somebody had the same kind of beat or the same kind of whatever it is that makes it different and that maybe the whole thing is just going in cycles or are we in fact discovering things all the time
10: i think uh, that there is a something to the cycle thing but i think if you apply the cycle idea to it. It, That's a cycle for everything, not just music. Mm -hmm. But it's snowballing either with, just because of electricity, or because of all the garbage everybody picks up, because we keep inventing things, right? So it, it does change, and it has cycles in a way, you know, like I think the whole the whole whatever it is, the universe, is a series of cycles. But the music has to change because they keep Inventing new things like you know films change it's now video so it's in that way it's different But
12: don't you know that in about 1988 there's gonna be a group come out that is gonna Pick right back to the sound that you guys had in the uh, since you're 15 years old And all kinds of critics and all kinds of writers are gonna say wow look at this We've got this whole new sound that's reminiscent of the Beatles back in the 60s Well, they'll probably be
10: playing grudge blobs and Zack Dungas, right? You know they'll have new instruments And although rock and roll was brand new when it came out and excited everybody, it was sort of, it had roots in blues and jazz. So in that way, they would have their roots in the 60s, 70s and possibly further back. But you can't say that rock and roll is like the 20s music, although if you look for it, you can find out where it came from. Mm -hmm. And you can find out where Beatles music came from or any music came from. It's just like, it has its
12: history. I'll try to make this the last question I ask about, (laughs) about, about the past and about the Beatles. You must watch what your former colleagues are doing, and do you derive satisfaction from it? Are you happy for their successes? Yeah. yeah. I'm most
10: happy, I guess we all are in a way, uh, for Ringo's success, because the, the other three of us, you know, it always went around Ringo was dumb, but he ain't dumb. But he didn't have that much of a writing ability, and he wasn't known for writing his own material. And there was a bit of a worry that you know, although he can make movies and he does make movies and he's good at it, that's how was his recording career going to be? And in general, it's probably better than mine, actually. So he's and doing what's all right. amazing is that he's that.
12: done it with some songs that were popular when you and I were both teenagers in this yeah, country. Mu- a lot of, you're 16 and things like that, mm-hmm. stuff that, you know, Oh, my, my. Well, I think he wrote that. Is that an oldie? Only you? Oh, only you. I suggested that for him. You did? Yeah. Now, why is it that those songs done by Ringo Starr achieved this popularity when they were popular 20 years ago? Because a good song is a good song. Okay. You know,
10: And you can jazz it up or do it with whatever rhythm you like. But if the song
12: is there, it stands. When musical groups become successful, or musicians, or really when anybody in the public eye becomes successful, immediately... There are rumors about their personal lives, and I suppose the fact that some people are caught in the possession of certain unlawful substances like marijuana or cocaine or LSD or speed. A lot of people say that's all they do. They smoke a lot of grass. They eat a lot of LSD. They're all acid heads, and they're all uh, all rocked out. How much of it is there going on in truth? I wouldn't know, you know. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? Come on, John, come on, come on, come on, come on. I know
10: come as come much on. as you. Come on, in, come on, come on. In well, truth, how much anything. of it goes on where? You know, it depends.
12: Well, well in, in your little uh, in, coterie in of friends. My friends are uh, as clean as a whistle. I'm thom. sure they are, as a, as a hound's tooth, in the words of General Eisenhower. But uh, I'd say there was as much
10: dope in the music business as there is in virtually any other business now. That dope is so out in the open that you can go anywhere. And it's there, so there's no sort of underground movement of people taking dope, you know? The most extraordinary straight people are taking dope, including cocaine. It's available anywhere at any time, and it's all over the place. If you want it, you can have it,
12: you know? And it's no more predominant or prevalent in your industry than it is in insurance, in retailing and in selling tires. Is that what you're saying? I think
10: you'll find a lot of middle-class people of in their mid-thirties who grew up in the sixties have marijuana and now cocaine around like you'd have a glass of wine. You know, I'm not saying it's good, you know, and uh, cocaine's not too good for you at all, you know. But I'm saying that it's there and a lot of perfectly quotes ordinary people use it.
12: We'll continue after these final announcements from our affiliated stations.
10: This is NBC.
12: This is not a satisfactory question, but maybe you have a satisfactory answer for it. You know, when uh, when all of us were little, we were told, uh, why try to be someplace where they tell you that you're not wanted? You know, if you go over to a friend's house and his mother says, hey, I don't want you around, you come home. You could live almost anywhere you wanted to in this world. Yeah. And so if you're getting hassled this way, and this does not in any way negate the incorrectness of the hassle, if yeah. it is, as your attorney states, why put up with it? Because I'd like to live in the land of the free,
10: Tom, and also, if it was up to Joe Doe on the street, he either doesn't care about it or would be glad to have an old beetle living here, you know? <laughs> you know, if I get in a cab uh, uh, with a cab driver, it has nothing to do with music or anything. He'll ask me, how are you doing? I hope you can stay. So in, on your average citizen either doesn't care or wouldn't mind me staying here i like to be here because this is where the music came from this is what influenced my whole life and got me where i am today as it were and i i love the place i'd like to be here i've got a lot of friends here Mm -hmm. and uh this is where i want to be you know statue of liberty welcome i even brought my own cash
12: Bridge, want to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're the ones that buy our bridges. <laughs> I have less than one minute left. You know, you've been a very uh, low-key and very mild-mannered uh, 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 guest on this program, and yet I've, I've heard you described as being an egomaniac, and I'm having a little trouble uh, understanding that description of you uh, vis-a-vis the way that you've really been during this hour we spent together. Why would you be called that? Uh, because uh, one gets a reputation,
10: you know, for one thing or other, whether it's true or false. If being an egomaniac means I believe in what I do and my art or my music in that respect You can call me that you know, and I believe in what I do and I'll say it you know, and uh, Otherwise, this is pretty much me you know. <laughs> Apart from being on
12: TV. You know? Well, you're one of the nicest egomaniacs. <laughs> I've ever met.
10: Well, so are you Tom? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Also on April 28th in San Francisco, radio DJ Tom Donahue, who interviewed Lennon while promoting his Walls and Bridges LP,
5: This is Tom Donahue and you're at Jive 95 and John Lennon is our guest tonight.
2: dies suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 46. John is notified and sends a six-foot flower arrangement with his condolences. May 1975. In Los Angeles, George Harrison continues to record tracks for his next LP, titled... Oh, not him again. the contract that binds the individual Beatles to record on the Apple EMI label coming to a close, and, with John, Paul, George and Ringo recording outside of London, the Apple Basement Recording Studio at 3 Savile Row officially closes down on May 2nd.
8: I reach down into the box and there is nothing. Not even a letter from the gas company saying they will shut it off again.
2: A small accounting staff and Neil Aspinall remained behind. Well, I mean, we don't
6: get I'm
3: paid you know,
6: what we're, I we're,
2: This was the last day for 15 other no, Apple employees. No, no, no. Why? I mean, I didn't I, know quite. the modern world. No,
6: I wouldn't in have believed it myself either. Moving. No.
2: On May 5th in London, Paul gives an interview to BBC Radio 1. He is asked about the new album, the New Wings lineup, and the possibility of going back on the road the moment um
3: we're rehearsing to go and play with a band we're learning a lot of numbers and uh the band is um myself on bass and i, I change and play piano sometimes i change into tinkerbell halfway through but that's another story um uh you've got Danny lane on guitar and he plays a few, we kind of change around a bit and stuff we've got denny who you know about jimmy mcculloch it's funny that the 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 line of wings we got rid of henry mcculloch or he got rid of himself rather. Uh, henry left henry mcculloch and we get in jimmy mcculloch spelt differently but same kind of name we get rid of uh, a drummer called jeff Britton, and who's english and get in a drummer called joe english who's american <laughs> so it's all of it you know amazing so um anyway you know at the moment we're just enjoying ourselves having a play seeing if it comes to anything it seems to be getting really nice you know we seem to be getting a few numbers together and stuff and then we'd like to uh take the band out in britain one two three four
2: Meanwhile, back in America on Friday, May 16th, invited by DJ Larry Kane, John travels by rail to Philadelphia, where, for the next three days and nights, he helps out for the second year in a row on the WFIL Helping Hand Radio Marathon. The event is to raise money for multiple sclerosis.
6: W-F-I-N.
11: I thought he's supposed to be here at three. What? He's here. He'll be in soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the seventh annual WFIL Helping Hand Marathon. The number to call, co 6400 Area code 215. Make a request. Give us a pledge to help some kids.
6: What life can truly be? Shining star for you to see. What your life
11: on time again at WFIL, six minutes past three. This Dan Donovan here, uh, we have Dave Parks uh, at Collection Central, uh, live from the PVI Loading Dock here in the uh, Funny Round Building on City Line Avenue. And of course, the whole weekend is about helping kids. The Helping Hand Marathon, this year's goal is $110,000. And we need your help. We're getting help from John Lennon. Uh, John will be here shortly, I understand, and uh, I know exactly what he's going to do, but uh, he'll probably take a yeah. <laughs> shift as a rock jock for a while, maybe take some calls, and we'll just find out what's going on. But of course, the important thing is you. You've got to call and make a pledge. Uh, we're going to take your requests, but each request we play will have to be paid for by you this weekend. The number to call is 215 C O three 3 6400 That's C-O-3-6400. David has anything to say... Uh, yes, indeed he does. That's uh, right. We are broadcasting live and direct, believe it or not, Dan, from the WFIL-WPBI loading dock. The loading dock. dock. That's right. right. I've played
9: some clubs before and some Dances before, but never, never a loading, a loading dock, dock, so this is the first for me. However, uh, I want to tell you the phone number is CO3 6400, okay? Uh, that is CO3 6400. John Lennon uh, will be arriving very, very shortly. He's upstairs taping a TV show with Larry Kane. He will be on the air to help Dangerous Dan get through the afternoon.
11: Okay, let me, let me hear the station song. Thank you, uh, Hammer. Tell me Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> Thank you, Hammer. It's 11.20, right? Here's a good one at WFIL. As we mentioned before, John Lennon at this moment is uh, appearing in the parking area here at 4100 City Line Avenue. And we have, for the first person who will drop by 4100 City Line Avenue here in Philadelphia, first person who comes by with $50 gets John Lennon's socks. Yesterday's socks. Still fresh. $50 will get John Lennon's socks. And you got to bring it here in person, 4100 City Line Avenue. We're waiting for you. Uh, let's get something right now by the man, Mr. Lennon himself. For Valerie, thank you, dear, for your $2 pledge to help handicap kids on this 7th Annual Helping Hand Marathon. It's 71 solid gold. Imagine John Lennon to Collection Central now. Okay, Dan, we're up here and uh, the squirrel is here with me and we
9: have a lady that has put out 50 bucks for John Lennon socks. (laughs) I tell you, that was really something. Let's get her name here. What's your name?
7: Eva Bruno.
9: Eva, where are you from? Fort Richmond. Eva Bruno has okay, given okay. 50 bucks for John Lennon's socks. Keep
7: my daughter happy. <laughs> so, a big hand for Eva Bruno. I
6: don't believe
9: Well, it is.
8: I might add she has a, a Sweet Honesty T-shirt on, too. Oh, yeah. That's very nice.
6: That's
9: right. We also like to announce that the Queen Village Recording Studio, home of Jill Baby Love, has pledged 25 bucks. We thank you for that. So, uh, uh, Eva, we get your socks here for you. As soon as John empties the money he's been collecting in it, and we appreciate you uh, you putting out your 50 bucks for a helping hand marathon. Our ple- can you read the uh, the total over there, Jeff? Okay. okay. Is this a new total? You're now
8: the
11: proud owner of a lousy pair of socks. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> himself. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's a pleasure.
8: Okay, is this a new total we have over here? All
6: right.
8: Here we have a new total $25,545. Okay, uh, Dan, as you can tell, there's a high degree of uh, organization taking place down here at the moment. We'll turn it back to you right here. Remember now for your pledges the phone number CO36400. That's CO36400.
11: Joining us again uh, in the studio at FIL, the Helping Hand Marathon Weekend. I heard the socks bit. Uh, sounded yeah, like yeah, a lucky lady. Somebody got her socks off. Maybe. Right. What you got there?
10: I got another list of donations. And uh, here we go. For Amla Nursing Home, $20. Steve, Mark, and Chris, $5. Dave Reff, $1. From Nancy to Gary Hawkins, $5. And John Lollius, $10. Thank you, folks. Keep on sending the money.
11: Okay, John, for a can of Lysol spray, I would like you to, within <laughs> five seconds, identify this record.
10: Yeah, yeah. Uh, from me to you. No, please, please. Uh,
6: <laughs> Said these words to my girl
9: have John Lennon up here again in the parking lot at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Mark this time down at 1 o'clock this afternoon. John Lennon will be up again in the parking lot signing some autographs and yeah, hey, John. They love you, I John. All right, yes, yes. uh, Anyhow, so he's going to be up here and uh, signing autographs again at 1 o'clock. So if you'd like to, oh, come on geez. by. You've got plenty of time to get over here to 4100 City Line Avenue and see John this afternoon at 1 o'clock. And, of course, keep those lines running, please, at area code 215-CO3-6400. That is CO3-6400. Right. W-F-I-A.
11: Apple Scruffs of Princeton University pledged $10 to uh, John Lennon because they love him.
2: Later that evening, John asked TV Action News anchor Larry Kane if he can do the weather on Action News at 6. Here's Larry.
12: John comes into the studio, and the weatherman was off that night, and John said, Can I do the weather? And, and there you see it. We can listen for a few seconds of John Lennon doing the weather.
10: The northwest wind, but if you do that,
12: falls off. For Action News, I'm Larry King. Thanks for being with us. Now, it wasn't a great weather forecast. In fact, I think we brought in somebody to do the weather after he's finished. I don't remember. But he was on set with me, and that weather cast brought thousands of people to the station over the weekend. Because people said, he's really there. Because the disc jockeys didn't believe he would be there. And you know what I found out? That in that weekend, John Lennon met more people one-on-one than at any time in his entire life, being shielded by security uh, in all the concerts and everything else. And he told me later, he said, you know, I met more people individually. He probably met 1,000 or 2,000 people.
2: John continued the next day, May 17th, to lend his helping hand to WFIL's Helping Hand Marathon.
6: WFIL
10: It says the weather for May 17th, 1985. I didn't know this station was so hip. 56 Four Clash, whatever that means. If you see one, send it in. (laughs) Today, mostly sunny and partly share. Tonight, partly cloudy with a chance of rain. Tomorrow, cloudy with a chance of occasional rain. Who cares? High 75, low 53. Wind's sick. We only get six. WFIL temperature is 75 degrees. Three minutes now before one o'clock, we're going to
8: send John Lennon back upstairs to sign some autographs and uh, look at some of you people up there, and he'll be back down here later on this afternoon. Okay, we have a new total. Would you move away from the board, please? $34,054.
7: <laughs> All right. Yeah.
3: All right.
8: Not enough, though. We need more. Wow. We ask for your pledges and your support. CO3 6400. That's CO3 6400.
10: That's it. Okay, John, you have a few things? Yeah, I'd like to dedicate the weather to Robert and Giovanni, who are the Beetle deanies, uh dealers, and they gave us some memorabilia to auction off or whatever. Thank you, you two. And here's your weather. Today is mostly sunny. Tonight is partly cloudy. Tomorrow is cloudy with a chance of occasional pain. High 78, low 55, wind 7, WFIL temperatures 76 degrees. Okay. Sounds like Tony Bruno. Uh, John, you're going you gonna to go that? upstairs here, huh? Who dad? That? That's our newsman.
11: Oh, hello, mm-hmm. newsman. I can see you're getting right into radio. what's news? You have a beautiful speaking voice. Yes, I do. As Donovan would say. Um, In a fine singing voice, I may add. You can. All right, I did. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to send John upstairs uh, to check out what's happening upstairs. Is there a band or something going on upstairs? Yeah, so uh, we're going to send John up there for a while, and we're going to take care of some business here, and we'll be right back with you. Oh, honey, look at Robbie. Let's get a picture.
2: On Sunday, May 18th, the last day of the WFIL Marathon, Lennon arrived early and continued to meet fans, give autographs, pose for photos, and make money for the charity, which exceeded the $110,000 goal.
13: UFI, It's 822 Banana Joe Montiota, John Lennon, CO3 John, that's the number. That's what it means. Okay.
10: Okay, send your money, and here we go with Led Zeppelin and Cat From the new physical graffiti album. Something like that. I think that's what they call it. Right. (laughs) Ha
13: ha! Oh! Get down! Get up. Ha, ha, ha. Get it on. Yeah, roll it over. Get <laughs> it together. Pick your nose and eat it. Oh,
6: let the sun beat down upon my face. Stars.
13: survey here uh, a couple of months ago, uh, just to test the people in the Philadelphia area's reaction to whether they would like to see the Beatles get back together again, or whether you know they would rather the yeah. four of you people staying on your own and yeah. creating on your own. Well, it was 98% to two, of course, in favor of the reunion.
10: I'd like to meet the two. <laughs>
13: <laughs> yes. yes. For years and years, we know when you were with the Beatles and, and everything... And the millions and millions of people chasing, uh, you know, people love you. They, they adored the Beatles. They still do. Um, I guess it gives you very little time to live your life the way you might want to live it. You know what I mean? Well, it'll never
10: be like it was in 64, 65 again, even mm-hmm. if they got back to, if they, you know, I was talking about it was them as right. them. If those guys got back together again
13: yeah.
10: uh, for any reason whatsoever, nobody could expect it to be the same. So I'm glad it happened, but I don't, I have no wish to go through it again, either singly or in a group. You know, I've had that bit.
13: Right, well, you look yeah, very happy, and, of course, Yoko called earlier, and yeah, she right. sounds
10: very happy. Uh, she was in good nick, and she surprised me by calling. I didn't know.
13: You guys must have set it up, right? <laughs> of course. Next well, thing, we like be, to you haven't got Ringo and Paul up your sleeve, have you? Well, <laughs> well we got three limousines pulling up. No, really, folks, I'm only kidding. No, don't start that. We'll <laughs> never get out of here. John Lennon with Banana Joe. Hello, John. Hello,
10: Banana. We have a nice pledge here from Susan Pruhl of, or Proulx of philadelphia pledges eleven dollars for the eleven years of love given to her by beatle music and she wants all the nineteen sixty seven girls of west catholic girls must be a school to match her pledge to show what the eleven years meant to they <laughs> says they here okay thanks for the eleven and thanks for the pledge uh, all those west catholic girls uh, get off your knees <laughs> <laughs> thank you very very much oh, I got a oh yeah the record I'm sorry oh, and the record's there. very uh they're very interesting cosmic okay it's spirit in the sky by Norman Greenbaum
6: alright
13: get it on John I forgot all about that bit <laughs> CO3-6400. Same to you. Keep those phones ringing right now. When
6: I die and I lay me to rest, gonna go to the place that's the best. When I lay me down.
13: thank you thank you thank you everybody all
10: right it's all right though it's been nice being here you've been great you've given a lot of money okay thank you i gotta get to bed otherwise i It's in three days thank you very
6: much
2: Coming up in a moment, Wings release a new album. It's funny,
3: I did our L.A. party for it, someone came up and said, Hello, Venus, hello, Mars. I thought, Oh, my God, no, you know. It never even occurred to me.
2: David Frost salutes the
4: Beatles. we talk talked about the way in which the Beatles were very good to other people, you know, and so on. How many people took them? I don't know, the fingers are.
2: And the Beatles' road manager, Mal Evans, sets the record straight.
4: Paul was meditating one day and uh,
10: I came to him in a vision and I was just standing there saying, let it be, let it be. Next on Yesterday and Today.
1: information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterday and today podcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search yesterday and today podcast on Facebook. See you next time.
0: You can head to our social media pages. That's facebook.com slash yesterday and today podcast or facebook.com slash third Or you could head to society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's societythenumber six.com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send Forth in and get a free one. Alright. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Alright, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio, you can't see oh, me.